Hello, and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Monday, December 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that isn't sure if we're still suffering from a Thanksgiving food coma, but did the Flyers just put together a four-game win streak? They did. They did. Wow. Yeah, 5-0-1 in their last six. Unbelievable. So, and apologies for my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather, but we'll uh, try and get through this. And uh, happy Monday, Flyers land. Things are good, I think. <laughs> you can subscribe to Locked on Flyers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network, your team every day. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we have a lot to talk about. We have three games to recap from over the long weekend against Columbus, Detroit, and Montreal. And then, of course, it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. Tweet us your questions for our weekly mailbag or just tell us what you think about the team right now. You can also email us to LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Uh, let's just dive right in. I think over the course of the weekend, there was one major takeaway in that most of the vets are back. Uh, Hayes had had a scoreless November until the game versus Carolina. And including that game, he has six points, uh, four goals and two assists since then. In that same time period, Voracek has two goals and five assists. JVR, he had that six goal against Detroit, but only one other assist in that time. But he has had reduced ice time, so it's kind of a catch-22 there, I think, for him. But I think we'll get into that more a little bit later in the show and in the week, for sure. Uh, getting into that first game, seems like a year ago now, uh, last Wednesday versus Columbus, it was a tough game, much like we talked about with Allison Lucan, a really hard fought game. The Flyers were victorious three to two. Uh, we had Ghost was scratched again in that game, as was Chris Stewart. We had Elliot in net versus Corpus Hollow, and Elliot stopped 28 of 30 shots. The lines were the same as the previous game that the Flyers had played. We had goals from Pitlick, who is looking real good these days, Scott Lawton, and Claude Giroux for Columbus, Felino and Seth Jones scored. I would say overall, some key takeaways is that you know, like I said, Columbus did play really tough throughout the course of the game and the puck battles were really intense, I think, throughout. But I think for a good portion of that game or enough of that game, the Flyers match them. But the power play, I think, still struggled a little bit other than they did have the Drew power play goal. But it it just didn't look good despite that goal overall um what stood out for you yeah I was just gonna say I I definitely agree with you uh, about the power play um and that's just like how Columbus plays they're always just so physical 
And unfortunately, like every game they play, they play it like it's the most important game from the games that I've seen. So it wasn't an easy game for the Flyers at all. But I think that there were some good things. Like you said, Tyler Pitlick is playing really good hockey right now. I And I didn't expect that. So I love to see that. Um, and you like to see that you're fourth line get a goal two things that stood out to me were like the flyers had goals in the beginning of the period and at the end of the period but i didn't feel like it deflated the team as we see they won that was something that i I hope that's not creeping back into their game because it just gives me like flashbacks of last season um right uh scott lawton's goal i it was a good goal but like Faraby, the patience that he had on the puck uh, to send that over to him. Oh man. It's just, it gave me chills. I just love seeing the kids display their skill. And that line, I, it's so good. I don't know if you break up that line. Like, it, I just love the Hayes, Lawton, Farabee line. And I feel like that line has contributed to the production that you spoke about earlier from Kevin Hayes. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that, um, if you look at Faraby in particular, again, it was an amazing setup for Lawton's goal. And that even though he hasn't gotten a goal himself recently, I think he absolutely has been earning his place in the lineup every night in terms of his play away from the puck, in terms of what he's doing with the puck to either try and set up other people or put himself in a good position and I think he's contributing in a way that maybe, you know, the score sheet isn't reflecting entirely. So I just don't see him going anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Despite him not having had a goal in a while. The other thing from this game that I think was a lot of schadenfreude for <laughs> Flyers fans was that Giroux's mm-hmm. power play goal was from the left side in his sweet spot, and afterwards, he just had this, like, deadpan look of steel <laughs> skating away. He was like, mm-hmm, that's right. See what I can do there? Yeah. I th- I think Columbus fans were a little irritated in that game because the Flyers got five power play opportunities, and it took them until the fifth one, I think, to <laughs> score. So that's kind of what we're talking about here is that it wasn't, like, they had so many opportunities in that game, and they, they really did not capitalize until that Giroux goal. So I think it was more of a sense of relief than <laughs> yeah. any anything at that point. Uh, we should probably talk about Brian Elliott. Yeah, we should. Um, he made some saves to definitely keep the team uh, in the game. He did, and, you know, he had in a previous game some questionable moves in terms of leaving the crease and puck handling and I think he did that a little bit again in this game but like you said he managed to hold it down and get key saves especially in the third period when we needed them treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all of the other offers from the Locked On Sports sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. 
All right, so let's get into our weekend back-to-back games. Our first game of the weekend on Friday was against the Detroit Red Wings, who we had not seen yet this season. The Red Wings are bad, Danielle. <laughs> they are bad. They are really bad. I kind of feel bad, and I, I, like, I don't know what to say, because like, they're just one of those teams that shouldn't be this bad, and yet... They are, and I'm I'm in a sort of free Dylan Larkin <laughs> mood with them at the moment. I I'm so happy you said you felt bad because I felt so bad for this team. Like I, I didn't like six to one. I wanted the Flyers to win, obviously. But like six to one, like geez, it's just yeah, yeah, it's not fair. I mean, on the upside, they should beat a team like this six to one, and they did. They absolutely should. I completely agree. Um. I didn't think the Flyers played that great this game, like, for the majority of the game. But I, I think that also contributes to, like, even they're they're the better team, and even if they don't play their best, they still should win this game. Yeah. yeah. We should mention that Ghost was back in the lineup. Uh yes. Phil Myers was scratched this time around. And with the back-to-back, they chose to put Hart in against Detroit. And then... Elliot in against the Habs in the next game, which we'll talk about, which I thought was an interesting choice. Uh, I might have done the other way around, but, you know, especially because they had the day off in between from the Wednesday game. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, everything worked out, so I'm not complaining. I just thought it was a really interesting choice that I I might not have made myself. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but Carter is like a brick wall against Detroit. It's true. He had his first career win against the Red Wings. Yes. And so uh, maybe that played a role in in it, but I thought he was fantastic. And just to touch on the fact that Ghost Ghost was uh, back in the lineup, which I loved, but then it was for Myers, which I hated. So I can never be happy. (laughs) I know, right? So, I, you know, I do agree with you that I think Detroit was really strong in the first half of the game, I might say in the second period, the Flyers played a lot better and and they did lead in shots in the second and third period overall. Uh, But obviously that Couturier goal at the end of the second was the thing that kind of let the floodgates open. Yeah. And one of the keys to this game, I thought, was that they were able to carry that momentum in the third period, which is not something they've been known to do. Yeah. So to see that goal, which was pretty sweet, and then in the third where Hayes and Lindblom got two quick goals, that just, like, destroyed the Red Wings at that point. It did, and... Um, it was good to see, well, it's good to see both of them get goals, but it was really good to see Limblom get a goal. Um, just because it's been about, I want to say five games since he scored. It's good to see him back, get back on the, on the score sheet with a goal. Yeah, for sure. And Jake had a great game, you know, and talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but he had three assists in this game and he just looked really good. I think he was getting to the puck and he was doing that thing where he skated the puck into the zone really cleanly a lot. And I, I was I was pretty impressed with him during this game. I think he's really um, he's getting a jump from playing with Couturier and Lindblom for sure. And, yeah, and that's it's good to see because we needed we needed to have this Jake. Yeah, I think the this is where people were starting to 
really emphasize that Sean Couturier is like the the hockey whisperer <laughs> or something. It's like all you need to do to turn somebody's game around is put them on a line with Sean Couturier and magic will happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I, I think one of the standout moments of this game was uh, Matt Niskanen got hit in the face with a puck and had 15 stitches and crazy bloody nose with like tissues or whatever those things are stu- stuffed up his nose and there was blood everywhere. He came back with a cage and came back and played a really good game. Two assists after he came back, I think. Or maybe yeah. uh, maybe it was one, but yeah, he was definitely a really good game for him. Um, that was disgusting to see. <laughs> I it saw was. his post game and I was like, "Geez, I do not want to see this." I know it was so funny because he was like, he was asked on a scale of one to ten, "How bad does that feel?" And he's like, "Well, I'm numb now, so zero. <laughs> so, and like you said, I think Carter Hart was amazing in this game. He had. Um, 32 saves on 33 shots, which is, you know, pretty strong. For a 6-1 to game, the Red Wings still had a significant number of chances, and he was just there. And I think he was one of the stars of the game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he was. for a goaltender to be a star of the game when you have six goals in production is really unusual. And it just goes to show you, you know, how important he was to this Flyers victory. Yeah, especially in the first. Like, I mean, Carter really, like, it. I felt like it took the Flyers a little bit of time to get their legs under them. And he's, like, we've seen this before. He stood his ground and gave the team an opportunity to, to settle in and, and to find their game because um, he was so good in the first period. He was so good. And I think that's something about Detroit is that they're bad. Yes, they are. But it's like they've beaten good teams. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Ghost and his return? Yeah, we can. I loved it. I thought it was a really good game for him. Um, Still paired with Haig, which is not ideal, but the other two pairings are really good. So what are you going to do? But I thought that he looked good and he looked good on the power play. (laughs) He looked good on the power play. His, His power play goal... Not the, it's a weird bounce, not the prettiest, not the prettiest ghost goal that we've seen, but he'll take it and I'll take it. So I'm happy with that. And I thought that there was a, there's a, a moment in the game where he like attempted, well he shot the puck, the puck and his stick exploded, which is just like vintage ghost. So like, <laughs> I love to see that, even though it's frustrating. I love to see that because you can tell that he's getting confident and he's shooting the puck and he's shooting the puck hard. So it's good to see. I think that can only help get him back to where we need him to be. Yeah, I think so, too. That stick explosion was really funny. (laughs) Um, And then JVR in this game. James. So there was one play earlier in the game. That was this TK, just perfect (laughs) feed, perfect feed. And all he needed to do was tap it in. There was plenty of open space in the net. Um, I don't think we mentioned this, but Cal Pickard was in net for Detroit. <laughs> and it was his first NHL-level game of the season. He'd been playing in the AHL. And so, and we know him. We know him well. We know that he's not good. So this was a perfect opportunity to take advantage of Pickard. And he just biffed. 
on that tap in, and it was just bad. Like, I felt so bad for he, him. He, like, looked at his stick like, what? What is going on? And same, because I just knew he was going to bury it. And it, what a great pass by TK, first of all. He's playing Unreal, obviously. But, yeah, that's just how it seems to be going with for JVR. It, it's it's horrible. But he got it. He got a goal back um, later in, in the game. So I think overall this this game was a, a good game and that the Flyers got done what they needed to. But I think there is sort of still a little bit of room for improvement there. Oh, absolutely. And that's what they were. a lot of play, players were saying after the game. They felt like they didn't play their best. So um, they know that they need to come out stronger and harder the next game. Which was against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it was our second meeting of the year with the Habs. The last time we saw them, if you recall, uh, we won three to two in overtime, which was, I guess, maybe a premonition for the, <laughs> the game to come because the Flyers won four to three in overtime this time. Um, it was Elliot in that versus Kincaid this time around because the Habs were in the first half of a, of a back-to-back and their second game is Sunday against Boston. And so they wanted Carey Price in for that game. So it was kind of a battle of the backups in a way in net for this game. Um, so there was a little bit of line shuffling over the course of this game. Frost played on the fourth line a little bit. Raffle got moved up with TK and Giroux, but they were still outshot. What do you think about that? I was not happy about that because it seemed like the only line that came out pretty even during that game um, was the Lawton-Hayes-Faraby line. Um, every other line was kind of getting outshot. I thought that Giroux, Frost, and TK, that line looked good previous games. Um, they were getting outshot this game, but I, I didn't know if I felt like it was good to demote Frost for, because of that. Again, I think you can argue, is it a demotion because he's playing with JVR who scored 30, who has scored 30 goals and Pitlick who is, we've talked about it has been one of the better flyers um, in this past, like, three or four games. But to me, I just, like, I don't like the idea to have a skilled center like that. Why would you put him on the fourth line? So that was kind of, I didn't really like that. But Haig was scratched this game, so it was Myers and Ghost in, and I did like that. (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. So this game did not get off to a good start, Danielle. Uh, the Habs scored 19 seconds into the game on a goal that Elliot really should have had. Yeah, this goal was, like, not ideal. Definitely not ideal. No, and, you know, I think it was sort of one of those things where, you know, again, the Flyers are on the second half of a back-to-back, and you're like, oh, no, this is going to go south yeah. real fast. And it kind of did, but I think the Flyers showed a lot of resiliency in this game, which was nice to see. Um, I think Elliot looked really solid for the rest of the game, and the other two goals that he led in weren't that bad. And I thought that there was some interference on that third goal that tied it up, uh, but they chose not to challenge it because, again, there's higher risks yeah. for challenging these days that you know we've talked about that so it, i don't i don't think it was a mistake to 
not challenge it because it it could have been borderline. But again, you know, as far as Elliot's gameplay, I thought he looked amazing for the rest of the game. He had like a couple of amazing stops on Jordan Wheel of all people. <laughs> yeah, and then the Flyers just faced a barrage of shots. The shots were forty two to twenty nine overall. Elliot definitely he kept them in it. Um, he played really, really well, and like you said, outshot forty-two to twenty-nine. And this is a this is a game where you could see that the Flyers were gassed, but like you said, the resi- resiliency of this team, like they still put in the work. And I think that was definitely because of some of their comments. Completely, and you know, the I think the game was a bit of a slog with with a, a bunch of back and forth and a lot of good chances for the Habs until the second period where. All of a sudden, there was like three goals in the span of a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, "What is happening?" Joel Armia, he was like on fire. That game. I know, and and then like Tar scored two goals, and I, when the Red Wings were a little better and he was on them, I he was always like a thorn in my side yeah. playing the Red Wings, and I'm like, "God damn that man." You know, it was one of those things where the Flyers, again, showed some resiliency, where they battled their way back into the game, and then the Habs had an answer for it. And then somehow they just kind of built it back up to to get back in it again. And, you know, I, you know, like I said, the that third goal for the Habs was a little bit questionable. But um, I will say that so when it was tied 2-2, two to two, um, I actually had to leave to go play in my own hockey game thinking, I really think TK is going to score. Like, I just know he's going to score here. It's his time. He hasn't scored in a while. And I feel like this is the game. And I literally, I spin up listening to the radio feed of the game. And a minute later, TK scores that goal. <laughs> nice. And I was like, I was like, I did that. I willed that into existence. <laughs> but, and it was, it was such an amazing shot, too. And, uh oh, Justin Braun. I feel so bad. He, like, had his first goal, but then they looked at it and they gave it to Lindblom. Speaking of Justin Braun, that pairing with Travis Sanheim, like, I'm really liking that. I feel like Sanheim is, like, giving Braun confidence because recently we've seen him put in positions of offense that you never would have expected from him <laughs> or expect him to make these type of plays. This is the second time we've seen Justin Braun in an offensive position, which is like not something you think about when you think about Justin Braun. Indeed. Well, so that's our, our Flyers weekend. <laughs> it was a lot to talk about. <laughs> it was a lot. But a lot of good things, too. All right. Welcome back once again to Locked on Flyers, your daily Flyers podcast on the Locked on Sports Network. And it's Monday, so it's time for our Flyers nemesis of the week. As Philly sports fans, as we know, we've had a lot of reasons to be annoyed and feel bitter about things, and especially Flyers fans. We've suffered the longest drought of the teams in terms of a championship, so that's a lot of time to rack up some nemeses. And who is our nemesis this week? Well, it's lists of elite hockey players that leave off Claude Giroux. So as many of you might be aware, Dom Lashishkin 
who writes for The Athletic, did a post that is the all-decade team for the tens. Do we call them the tens? I don't know what we call this decade. The 2000s? I would just say 2010. The 2010s. Yeah. Yes. And Clotter was not on this list, and it created a lot of resentment, I would say, amongst Flyers fandom. And I think it's a constant theme that we have had, you know, during a lot of Claude Giroux's career that he just has been underappreciated, but the stats are there to back it up, to be including him. And, you know, especially you look at that 2017, 2018 year where he should have been a top contender for the heart and wasn't, he got completely robbed. But Alex Appleyard put together some stats and in, in sort of response to this. And since the start of the 2010-2011 season, he is the active assist leader with 487, like number one mm-hmm. on that list. And like Voracek is, is 10th on that list, by the way. But he is best in the war stat, starting from the era of tracking such things in 07, 08. So that's above Stamkos, it's above Stone, it's above Ovechkin, it's above Crosby. You know, it's, um, you know, it's not a, a perfect stat. For sure. And for those of you that may not know what war represents, it's wins above replacement. And so it measures the player's value according to the fraction of wins they contribute above what a replacement level player could provide. War is something that's been tracked a little bit longer. Yeah. So, yeah, Danielle, how do you feel about these lists? It's frustrating to me. It's to the point where I don't even really want to entertain these lists. But the lack of respect that Drew gets throughout the NHL and throughout the fan base is just confusing because, you know, when he retires, we're going to look back on these years and just marvel on what he, how his production, how um, he's led this team and how like a lot of his prime years were wasted by the Flyers. And, but he still every single year gave it his best and has always been consistent and, and durable Durability is super important in hockey, and Giroux is that. So um, it's disappointing to see, especially the fact that he was left or left off the heart, like the top three, because his his 17-18 season was just insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, I will say, like, the little asterisk on this nemesis is that Dom used his own work in evaluating the players. So, you know, he had developed a, a game score stat that he used as a main criteria in creating this list. So that, of course, makes sense. And everybody kind of when they make these lists and they're looking at the numbers in order to evaluate them, you know, they're using slightly different criteria and weighting different things more. So in addition to using game score, he used the trophy vote percentages and yeah. playoff game score, which the Flyers have had less playoff games to to draw from. You know, let's be real. So he, he just didn't have, like, the numbers in this particular set of criteria. But I just think 
if you look at a broader set of criteria, as well as just, you know, the eye test, you just can't leave him out of these conversations. Yeah. I agree. And you're, like, being a little bit too rational, Rachel. This is Nemesis of the Week. We're allowed to be irrational. It's true. It's true. No, I'm still going to get mad about it. (laughs) I just think that these lists, we're right to be angry when we don't see him on these lists. And I will maintain that until the end of time. All right. Well, that was a lot, but that's our show for Monday. And we'll be back tomorrow where we will preview our game against the Leafs, who are resurgent. So that should be a fascinating game. And then, of course, it'll be our weekly Tuesday check-in with the Phantoms. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send in your questions for our mailbag via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email us to LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. And, of course, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.